What's up, what's up, what's up, NBA fans? Dan Titus here with the Stretch Four Podcast. Excited to bring our next episode, episode seven. Want to give a shout out to Underdog Podcast for continuing to host us. It's been a great ride thus far. Man, guys, it's uh, March Madness week. This is going to be crazy. Super excited to actually throw down some bets. I'll be heading to Bovada to throw some money down on my Hokies. I know uh, we have a WVU Mountaineer up in here. I think you guys got a three seed. How you feeling about that, Zach? I feel great, man. Um, I, I was worried we'd end up with a four or five draw just because we uh, we started the season hot. We worked our way up to six. Uh, we hung tough with some some of the big boys, Baylor, Gonzaga, uh, but we just ended the season on a really sour note. Uh, so West Virginia is one of those teams where if they play up to their best, they can compete with anybody. Uh, but often we uh, we kind of fall short of that, don't live up to expectations. So I'm, I'm hoping for a little turnaround this year for sure. Yeah, I don't have too much faith in my squad, man. Uh, but I'm also not a big college guy. So, and this is an NBA basketball podcast. So let's let's switch to the real stuff here. So for today's episode, we'll go over everything that happened in the long two week duration of Week 11. Who really impressed us? We did get to some return to play with uh, Karis LeVert, which is an awesome story for the league um, and fantasy managers everywhere. And then we also lost uh, Joel Embiid for up to two weeks, which is going to be a huge impact for some fantasy managers. And then we'll also discuss, you know, uh, who we're trading. You know, the trade deadline is vastly, is vastly approaching. So who are you targeting? Who are you selling? And then we'll close out the show with Bernsey's mailbag. So let's just get into the action, guys. Um, Adam, who were you feeling this week? Um, what were some of your takeaways or key takeaways of, of uh, week 11? Yeah, a uh, couple things here. So an interesting fact, an interesting nugget I was going, uh, I was looking into the season rankings on Yahoo nine cat leagues. And I saw that Rashawn Holmes was ranked 30, which is higher than Jeremy Grant, Zion Williamson and Trey Young. So you wouldn't and, and that got me thinking a little bit, you wouldn't necessarily think to yourself Rashawn Holmes is better than those guys from a fantasy perspective. But then you look at the nine category leagues and you look at what he does for you in terms of his percentages. He doesn't turn the ball over. He gets the defensive stats as well. I think he averages about one steal and 1.5 blocks per game. Uh, his last two games, he went for 20 and 10. Hassan Whiteside's like, he's been out with the, you know, with the COVID protocols. He's always hurt. He's out of the rotation. I really like uh, Rashawn Holmes going forward. So that's a guy I was looking at this week. Uh, another thing that uh, stuck out to me was the, the production of Nikola Vucevic on Orlando. He's putting up crazy numbers, like 28, 12, great percentages. We talked about him as – I talked about him as the fantasy MVP uh, last week. And the Magic are 0-8 in their last eight games while Vucevic is producing those type of numbers. You know, I loved I – t- I tweeted about this, right? I'd love to see the Magic trade him and give him – Give him a good situation. They're, it's they're going to be hard. Pre- I know they're hurt. Isaac, right? Uh, Aaron Gordon's a little hurt. Cole Anthony. The, the Magic aren't going. Their whole squad. Is yeah, hurt. the Magic aren't going anywhere. Like I would love to see Vucevic on a on a contender. No disagreement there. And I see you stole my Vucevic off the show sheet, man. It's all right though. It's, it's still good conversation nonetheless. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Rudy Gobert. I was really impressed with him last night. He dropped a career high 28 rebounds versus the Warriors. He just looks like he's a, a bit of a different person now. He's shooting better from the free throw line. Um, just really impressed by what he did. But then also, speaking of rebounding, Clint Capella, this is a guy that I was 
actually fading early in the season. I wrote a couple articles about him uh, not really seeing that he would be a good fit alongside John Collins, but he's totally blown through those expectations. Uh, he's averaging 16 and 16 with three blocks over the course of the last week, shooting 60% from the field. This guy's a bona fide star. And if John Collins is moved at the deadline, look out. This guy's going to be putting up even more better numbers. So he's a guy I would try to, uh, it's going to be hard to rip him out of a manager's hands, but if you could, man, he, he's tough. He's really tough. I love all these like tweets you see on Twitter where it says, oh, you know, this contender is interested in trading for John Collins. This contender is interested in trading for, you know, this player. And I'm like, oh, you know, they're, they're interested in trading for a really good basketball player. Really, really odd, right? It's just the most obvious no-brainer tweets. I'd love to have John Collins on my team. I want to make a point about, you know, we got the trade. The NBA trade deadline is coming up March 25th. The fantasy trade deadline is coming up March 26th. An interesting point that I'd like to make is when looking at players to acquire, looking at players to pick up, look at, look at guys on teams that, you know, if one of the veterans uh, is traded away, the opportunities that will arise from that situation. So you hear, you hear lots about Victor Oladipo and teams interested in him based on his uh, contract and, you know, the fact that the Rockets suck. So, I mean, we're going to get into Kevin Porter, you know, much later in the show, but you know, you'd, you'd have to think like the old Depot, you know, leaves that situation in Houston goes to a contender. And there's so many minutes now open for the Rockets. And that, there's a couple different situations like that in the league, but just something to keep in mind as we head toward the March 25th NBA trade deadline. Yeah. And I, I think that's an excellent point Koffler, uh, because there's going to be a bunch of those situations as we come up to the trade deadline. Um, when you're talking about veterans that might be moved, uh, you know, I have heard that Al Horford might be on the move, which might open up some minutes for your boy Moses Brown, who I know you're really high on. Uh, so that's just a name I wanted to throw out there. Yeah, I didn't realize we were talking about the Bible on this show. But, yeah, <laughs> maybe that's Hanshu. You're the nickname guy. Can we call him the Bible? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> we, can call, we can call him whatever you want, man, because he's going to be parting the Red Sea of this week's waiver wire when people start going to grab them. <laughs> so Dan, so Dan, do we have to follow the show sheet? Cause we've got lots of topics that we want to talk about. Well, clearly we're going to hit get, one. Clearly we're getting I gotta hit one to player it, first. I got to hit one player first. And I, and this is really more about real life and me just taking a victory lap more than, you know, fantasy relevance or anything. But can we talk about Jimmy Butler for just two seconds, 28 points, six and a half rebounds, uh, nine assists, 3.1 steals on 56% shooting this week. My hot take, and maybe it's not even a hot take, is that he belongs in the MVP conversation. Jimmy freaking Butler. The Heat have won 10 of their last 11 games. Look at their splits when he's not on the court versus when he is on the court. The Heat are a completely different team just with him on, on the court playing. So in my opinion, from watching the last, I'd say, you know, maybe a month of action, and leading into to this last week, Jimmy Butler deserves in the MVP conversation, and he can replace Joel and B. So, Alex, did you did you go did you go to Bavada <laughs> to check out the the futures on the Jimmy Butler becoming the MVP this season? I did not, okay. not yet, not yet. I, I want I want to spread some awareness, and I want to get him in the the national MVP conversation before going that route. Fair enough. Yeah what's the what's the Miami what's the Miami Heat's record right now? I believe we're twenty one and eighteen. Yeah, twenty-one and eighteen. Is, is that is that MVP worthy? 
Jimmy Butler missed what a month and a half of COVID. That was when the heat just completely stunk. Oh, I was agree. tweeting bad stuff. They were awful. Jimmy Butler comes back. Look at the record with Jimmy Butler. That's the thing that matters because I think, you know, when Joel Embiid uh, sits or when he's out, obviously he's such a good player and makes such an impact that the Sixers aren't as good. Right. And so when Jimmy Butler's out, obviously the heat are a completely different team. You, the best thing ever since we've started recording this podcast in the last six weeks was Dan's face. When I said, Jimmy Butler should replace Joel Embiid in the MVP conversation. That was just absolute gold. Burns, did you mention that the heat are 10 of their last 11? They've won 10. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. I'm about to get a picture of Jimmy Butler and just frame it on my wall. Do right all, above my bed. Do we all agree that, that Jimmy Butler has to be an alpha on a team. He, he went to the Sixers and it just didn't work with Embiid and Simmons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was more of a Brett Brown problem, but yeah, agreed. Who impressed the most in week 11? I'll start with Alex since you're, you're riding a heater right now. Um, who, who impressed you and who are you going to um, if they're available on your waiver wires? Who are you looking at? Yeah, so uh, a couple guys stood out to me. Uh, just real quick, I'll mention Laurie Markkinen. Uh, you know, he missed a month of action. He came back and immediately there was really no minutes restriction. He played 28 plus minutes in, in all three games that he came back this week. He averaged 18.6 points, 5.6 rebounds, and he hit over four three-pointers a game. So it's nice to see him back. I know there's a little bit of some, you know, movement in the Bulls lineup. I know Billy Donovan is, he's benched Kobe White, and he's starting Thaddeus Young, and he's starting Thomas Sadoransky. So, you know, we don't really know how that's going to shake out looking uh, long-term. But for the short term, Laurie Markin, it looks like he's going to be a fantasy-relevant player, someone you want on your roster he can contribute in some categories. Uh, and then I want to hit on Danilo Gallinari. See, with the new coaching uh, change in Atlanta, the first, I'd say, two months of the season, he was averaging about 18 minutes a game, wasn't really seeing enough action to produce fantasy value, or consistent fantasy value. And ever since Nate McMillan took over, he's been seeing 30 minutes a game over the month of March. He's averaging 17 points, six rebounds, 1.2 steals, three threes. He's shooting 45% from deep. And you might be able to get him in a league. He's only rostered in 64% of Yahoo and 45% of uh, ESPN league. So uh, that's somebody that I'm, I, I was impressed with this week, honestly. And I think he's been a, a nice addition to that, that roster. And you think that's, that's going to be the trend moving forward. I mean, I know Chicago's front court has been a bit crowded this year. I mean, you think Warkinen's the guy to, to close out the season with on your roster? I do. Yeah. I, I have a lot of shares of, of Laurie Markkinen. Um, and his only really bugaboo, I'd say that something that held him back has been injuries, uh, over the last couple of seasons. So I've had him last year. I had a lot of shares this year. I have a lot of shares as long as he can stay healthy, he's going to produce. And I think he'll stay somewhere around that 18 and a half points a game. He'll hit three, four, three pointers a game somewhere around there, but he's going to see a lot of minutes. He's young. The bulls like him. They had a lot of confidence in him in the offseason coming into this year. So I, I think he's there to stay. So much confidence that they decided not to re-sign him. <laughs> but yeah, I hear you. Well, one of the one of the issues I have with and, and Burns, I, I like I like both those guys. One of the issues I have with guys like that on teams like that, like Zach mentioned, is not only the injury history between Gallinari and um uh Markinen, but they're on teams that run 10, 11 men deep, and they've got other guys that have high usage rates, Zach Levine, Kobe White, and then the front court is pretty crowded. I know when Markinen plays, he, you know, he shoots the ball, shoots it 17, 18 times a game when he gets 30 minutes, but how often is it that he gets 30 minutes? Uh, 
he's probably not going to play every game the rest of the season. I, I put a bet uh, down on Bavada that he doesn't if they had that available. Um, I, I'd, I'd much rather guys that are in safe situations, minutes are safe. And a guy who's really impressed me that, that no one's talking about a lot is uh, Russell Westbrook, to be honest. Uh, early in the season, people were off of him, you know, worried about him playing in back-to-backs. His, uh, his rebounds and assists are almost 10 a game, and he's still averaging 22 points a game. His field goal percentage is up to about 50% the last few weeks. Uh, it, seems like, it seems like his situation has sort of solidified there in Washington. Him and Bradley Beal actually look pretty good together next to each other. Uh, he's a guy that I didn't expect to be uh, you know, that much more valuable in Washington, but I, I really think he is, and I, and I love the fact that down the stretch he's even playing back-to-backs. Yeah, totally agree, man. He was he was a guy that I was way off on earlier in the season just because of the turnovers and the the sitting of the back to backs. But I mean, the empty calorie numbers that he's putting up, man, are huge for fantasy managers. So complete agreement with me. He's pr- every single night he's priced higher than Bradley Beal uh, in DFS. So it's you know back when he was on Houston and when James Harden wouldn't play, you know Russell Westbrook's price would be like twelve grand on both those sites. I called uh, just a little nugget and I'm just going to, I don't know how bad your day was, but at least you guys didn't call Russell Westbrook a, uh, a fade in your weekly <laughs> DFS article. He went for a, a monster triple double. And I told people that read my article to fade him. So that's all I wanted to add to that. Just uh, going to take my L and, and walk away. Sorry. You're not the only one. But let me, let me say something though. That's way better than people tell you to fade someone who's been ruled out 24 hours in advance. Right. I've seen articles where people are like, Oh, fade Joel and I'm like, yeah, thanks. He's out two to three weeks. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go with uh, Michael Porter jr. Over the last 14 days, he's put up 19 and 10 uh, with three, three pointers per contest shooting 63% from the field 15th overall in that span in Yahoo leagues. He's been phenomenal as of late, and I think he's finally turned that corner that we were expecting him to. So I think this is a person that, you know, it may not be too late to try to acquire him. It may cost some capital, but I think he's in a great spot heading up for the for the Denver Nuggets. Paul Millsap just returned to the lineup, but I don't think he's really going to be a threat to his minutes with him playing so well. Um, I think Mike Malone's finally trusted in him to get those buckets. We've seen Jamal Murray, which we'll touch on a little bit later. Hanshu called that an op- uh, an opportune sell high moment, and he really has been playing really poorly as of late. So uh, let's see where he we where he goes going forward. But I really like Michael Porter Jr. going forward. And my sleeper, a guy that won me a couple bones on uh, Bavada this week for player props, Kelly Olynyk. Now I know this is your squad. Alex, but uh, I've been really impressed with Kelly Olenek in the short term. Now, I don't think that this is a long-term play. I just want to get that out there. This is not a hot take, but as long as Bam Adebayo is out of the lineup and I have yet to see any indication that he's on his way to return, uh, he's been averaging almost 16 points a game, nine rebounds, four assists, a steal, 55% from the field. Just doing great. And he's only 41% rostered. So if you're if you're looking for a person that can contribute right now, go get Kelly Olenek. He shouldn't be on your waiver wires as long as Bam Adebayo is out of the lineup. Hey, Zach, uh, Dan talked about Michael Porter Jr. I want to get your – I want to give you a little bit of credit here for uh, the sell-high call and doubling down on the sell-high call of Jamal Murray. 
I appreciate that, man. It's it's not often you give me credit, but I'm gonna go ahead and <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and take it right here, brother. Yeah, you get you um, get two pieces of credit on this show. You got Jamal Murray, and then the upcoming <laughs> Kevin Porter Jr. call that I'm gonna let you take uh, full advantage of. Um, so for Jamal Murray, man, he yeah, it it was only a matter of time. Um, uh, like I said a couple weeks ago, he can get hot and cold in the bubble. He was just ungodly good. You know those showdowns with Donovan Mitchell. And I think people kind of forgot that that's how he's been throughout his career. He can just get so hot and then he can get so not necessarily cold, but he's not a guy that always has to be running the offense, right? So this year it's Nikola Jokic that's been taking advantage. As Dan mentioned, guys like Michael Porter Jr. Uh, you know, there's other guys on the roster that have been taking advantage, um, role players and that kind of thing. So it it's not necessarily Jamal Murray's team. It's, it's Jokic's team and Murray's along for the ride. A lot of the time he can get his when he needs to, but he's not, he's not going to be a consistent floor type of guy for you every single night. Um, so that's kind of why I was, why I was out on him a couple weeks ago. I still, you're right. Like you said, I still like Jamal Murray a lot, uh, but you're right. He's not, he's not a 55% shooter from the field. So those numbers were those numbers were bound to normalize a little bit. So it's that's I think that was the right call to double down on Jamal Murray. It's it's a tough decision to make anytime the player is really hot. But I think I think it was the right call. Hey Zach, get get into your your Kevin Porter Jr. screaming from the mountaintops. Because you've been hyping this man for a minute now. Give him those flowers. Get, this is the get guy. Get your bullhorn. Listen, man, it's time to blow kisses, wave to the crowds of adoring fans. Yeah, be showered with rose <laughs> petals, bathe in champagne, all those good things that, that I'm, I'm loving to do right now. Uh, yeah, dude, y'all gave me a little bit of doo-doo a few weeks ago for calling Kevin Porter Jr. a, uh, you know, a league winner when he was still in the G League. Um, but here he is, man. He's been anointed the uh, – possible late season MVP of fantasy. Uh, he's had some huge games. Uh, we've seen him put in a lot of work running the offense uh, at point guard. We've seen some some highlight assists, uh, some great plays. Obviously, the field goal percentage, the turnovers, some of that stuff is still that's still part of his game, right? So we're going to, you know, we're going to keep in mind all those kind of things, but he's going to see a lot of minutes with Depot getting traded, uh, potentially with John Wall seeing some time in and out of the lineup. This team sucks. I mean, uh, plain and simple, this team is, they're just God awful. Uh, so yeah, Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, I've been calling him a league winner for a while. Um, so I appreciate that, man. I'm happy to be on today and, and talking about him as, uh, you know, somebody that's really excelled, uh, since coming back in three games. Yeah. He's been so fun to watch. I found myself getting excited when I see the Rockets play basketball. Uh, one more thing I just want to add on Kevin Porter jr. Is I got a question on Twitter. Somebody asked me, Oh, do you think this is going to be another save and Lee situation where he has a couple good games and then kind of disappears no, this is completely different than Saban Lee, in my opinion. And I think you all would agree with me. Saban Lee was like a two-way player, you know, just, just trying to get a shot. Uh, wasn't, wasn't a big draft pick, doesn't have a lot of draft equity. This is Kevin Porter Jr., a, a first-round pick. I think he was the 30th selection in the first round, but had some off-the-court the issues that made him drop. If it wasn't for that, he'd be a lottery pick. So this is a guy that the Rockets just went out and traded for. He's their future, man. And and I think a lot of people are, are some comparisons saying, oh, you know, he's the next James Harden or he has that tool. 
who cares? He's a really good player, has a lot of talent. And if he can stay, you know, on the court, put all the, the behavioral stuff behind him, uh, he's going to be a, a fantasy superstar for years to come. So good call, Zach. So I got, a, I had a question on Twitter too, and it kind of stumped me. And the question was, would you trade Kevin Porter Jr. for Buddy Heald? And I had to step back and think about that one for a second. I think I like situations where players have secure minutes, secure shots. If, if Oladipo doesn't get traded and Wall plays more games than he doesn't play and Christian Wood comes back, Kevin Porter Jr.'s ceiling is probably a little bit capped while Buddy Heald has a solidified role in the Kings offense. So for something like that, I'm not sure I would take Kevin Porter Jr. on uh, in exchange for Buddy Heald. But Kevin Porter Jr. is probably just just under Buddy Heald, to be honest. And it's funny, he's no longer a hot pickup. He's rostered in like 70% of Yahoo leagues. If you were... Yeah, that shot up. Yeah, it did. If you were chasing points, if you were so far behind in the standings as far as points goes... Um, is is Kevin Porter Jr. somebody that you would take over Heald in that situation? I mean, if you're just looking for the upside, uh, you know, ceiling type of play, no. as opposed to the stability of the minutes, or Heald is still your guy either way? Heald's still my guy either way. Gotcha. Yeah, I still feel like Christian Wood's going to cap Kevin Porter Jr.'s ultimate upside. Like, I mean, if he's not going to be in the lineup, yeah, I think he's playing with a bunch of fringe NBA players right now, so he looks really good, uh, but – yeah, we'll see how it continues to turn out. But either way, he's certainly 100% need to be rostered in 10 to 12 formats. Um, so let's go over to priority ads for this week. Start off with uh, with Zach. Who else are you feeling? You called Kevin Porter Jr. Who's the next come up? A, a young 19-year-old coming out of Oklahoma City? As a matter of fact, Dan, it is. It's almost as if you read our show sheet this week. Um, yeah, it's going to be Alexei Pokushevsky. And I... I really hope my recording went right because I think I said that correctly. Uh, so he has been balling, man. Uh, as we talked about, uh, you know, off the show before we got started, this dude is seven foot. Uh, like you mentioned, he's 19 years old. Yesterday he went 23 and 10 um, and he started. Uh, I, I saw this from Stat Muse that you provided me, Dan, that he's the youngest player in NBA history with 20 points, 10 boards, and five threes in a game. And something else I saw separately, he's the second youngest player uh, in NBA history at all with five threes in a game uh, behind only LeBron James. So that's, that's pretty nice company. Uh, with all the injuries to the Thunder, with uh, all the different lineups they've been running, they're a rebuilding team who somehow keeps winning just like they did last year. Um, He's a guy that I really want to get my hands on uh, just because, you know, he plays, he was their starting small forward a couple games ago. He's played, he pl pretty much plays this big ball forward kind of thing, kind of the opposite of small ball center. Uh, he's so versatile. He can hit threes. He could put the ball on the deck. Uh, he could post up. He, he can do so much. Uh, and he's a guy I definitely want to add. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, Moses Brown, seven foot two center, uh, has also been getting playing time. They actually started together yesterday. He's another guy that I really want to add. Um, so both of those guys for the Thunder are, are certainly on my radar. Hey, Zach, I missed, I missed who you were talking about there. Are we talking about Chris Stapps Porzingis or Alexei Pokusevsky? <laughs> Dude, I, I mean, right? A lot of the, the kind of oh. skill set overlaps, right? I mean, the, I mean the, a seven-footer who can play small? Yeah, I... <laughs> But it doesn't he matter. Is, I feel you. Uh, I picked him up in a, in a dynasty startup, actually, which I'm really excited about. But, like, 
I can't get ex- super excited about him being a formidable fantasy asset like going forward because mainly because like Al Horford was out. Everybody was practically out for the Thunder last night, right? And he's had a couple of good games. He strung them together. And I think he's he's really showing the talent that he has. But, you know, are we thinking he's the next Kevin Porter Jr.? Uh... He's the next Jalen Noel, if you ask Alex Burns. <laughs> That's my boy, Jalen Noel. Jalen's trending get too. It. Burns, Burns, <laughs> talk to me about Minnesota. Uh, I, I like him. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I they just have a bunch of guys that, that fill that position uh, in Malik Beasley's absence. But if we're going to get more specific, uh, Anthony Edwards, which is, uh, I mean, this dude has been taken off. He had a career high 34 points last night. I checked Bovada. His uh, odds to get rookie of the year had just shot up since Malik Beasley has been out after some of his performances. And I have uh, an interesting take on, Anthony Edwards as we get a little bit uh, farther along in the in the, the show so I'll, I'll save it for then but I, I do like Anthony Edwards a lot if I could just uh just interrupt real quick I know you guys are big into nicknames so Jalen Noel Father Christmas he's always bringing <laughs> presents Noel no that's awesome man. that's right that made me laugh I get <laughs> Father it Christmas I get it <laughs> I like it but I, let me let me go while we're talking about uh, the the future. Chris Tapps Porzingis from OKC. I want to mention a a former OKC player uh, who I think you should go out and snag. He's only twenty percent rostered in Yahoo leagues. Hamadou Diallo. Uh, this is a guy who the Pistons they said recently at, before trading for him that they view him as a key piece in their rebuilding efforts. Uh, and this is a guy in five previous starts this season with OKC. He averaged sixteen point six points. Eight rebounds, four assists, one point six steals. So he can score the ball. He can get you rack up the stats. He's somebody that I want on my team, and only twenty percent rostered. I think he's going to have a, a big role in, in Detroit as they look to rebuild. All right, so I've got a waiver wire ad that I want to talk about, and that's none other than Rockets uh, forward Kenyon Martin Jr. Uh, everybody's talking about. Kevin Porter Jr. over here. We got all the juniors on the Rockets. And this guy uh, over his last 3 games, 16.3 points on 53% shooting, 7.7 rebounds, almost 2 steals and almost 2 blocks per game. He's playing 30 minutes per game off the bench. So the Rockets are giving minutes to lots of young guys here. You know, Christian Wood is still likely to come back in the near future, but I really do think there's minutes for guys on the Rockets. This guy, Kenyon Martin Jr., was only like 2% rostered a week ago. Now he's up to 34% rostered on Yahoo as people are screaming from the rooftops. You know, Get in while you can and ride the wave until the Rockets show that they're no longer willing to give this guy minutes. Like that play. Yeah, he's looked really good. Um, the same same as you, as you pointed out with, with uh, the very hot – uh, Kevin Porter Jr. I'm going to roll with a couple guys. Um, one that's actually, you know, a, a Wiley veteran, uh, formerly on the Sixers and the Miami Heat. So we can both attest to his talent, Alex, Adam. Uh, but it's really been Josh Richardson, only 52% rostered. He's played really well over the last 14 days, uh, contributing across the board, 17 points, four assists, three rebounds, shooting 48% from the field, 89% from the line even hitting a couple threes per contest. But what I really like is his defensive minutes or his defensive contributions, 1.4 steals and a block. You can't really get that out of a shooting guard, small forward. So uh, just extremely valuable for what he's been bringing. 
the other one I'm going to go for is the guy I've been talking about since uh, probably a couple weeks ago now, Robert Williams, a.k.a. Time Lord. This guy's just been a beast. Four, four blocks per contest over his last four. He's been, even with Tristan Thompson getting minutes, he's still been thriving. And he's just been a notably really good pick-and-roll player, which I think Brad Stevens should appreciate um, and will start to appreciate as the season wears on. So that's a guy that you can get if you're looking for a cheap center. Adam, what you got? I wanted to make a point there. I love the I love the Time Lord call, and I love the nickname. Brad Stevens recently said they've they've got three centers, really three centers there in Boston, right? Tristan Thompson, Daniel Tice, and and Robert Williams. Brad Stevens recently said that one of those guys is going to have to be out of the rotation going forward as they try to play, you know, small ball to match up with some of these lineups uh, in the East. And he said, you know, that's 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 likely well based on what he did with his lineup the other night, when Daniel Tice started and only played seven minutes, Robert Williams and Tristan Thompson were the two guys that got the minutes there. Robert Williams has looked the best out of all three of those guys of late. I think absolutely he's the guy that I'd want out of all three of those big men on the Celtics moving forward. So great call, Dan. And I say uh, yesterday during the game, I checked the, the box score. It said that Time Lord had 10 points and 10 rebounds. And I wanted to tweet about it because it was only like 13 minutes. And that's insane. And by the time I tweeted and hit send, he had 14 points, 12 rebounds and three, three blocks, which is absolutely insane. The dude just puts up insane stats in a very small limited time. I per love minute, for Williams. a minute beast. Crazy. He's literally, bo- he, he's literally Boban yeah. guys. <laughs> Boban that actually gets minutes, right? Um, just want to touch on one other guy that I think has been kind of flying under the radar at only 20% rostered D'Anthony Melton. And this is a, a squad that has been getting a lot of, um, giving a lot of minutes to a lot of random guards. So Desmond Bain was their prize rookie out of college this year, and he's been starting in the interim, but I think D'Anthony Melton's going to be the guy that's going to end up winning the starting, the starting gig with Grayson Allen continuing to be out. He's been really good over the last a couple weeks averaging two almost two uh two and a half steals per contest while shooting a a nice 57 percent from the floor and even adding three threes so he's a very cheap option he's seen upwards of 20 plus minutes per contest he's more of a dfs guy but i think that will start to bleed into uh being actually valuable rostering for 12 team formats Real quick, to your point, I tweeted about DeAnthony Melton a couple weeks ago. It's been so frustrating to watch him because he's so good. Yeah. Like, speaking of Robert Williams, a permanent beast, DeAnthony Melton's per 36 numbers is 18 points, five rebounds, five assists, 2.3 steals per game, and 1.2 blocks per game on 48% shooting and 42% from three. That's insane. He just needs minutes, and I cannot wait until he actually gets them. Unleash him. I love this call, man. Uh, Melton has looked so good. Um, I mean, you're melting my heart with with the DeAnthony call, dude. But oh boy, yeah, oh yeah. I I mean, you can feel the love. Uh, another guy who has been. Uh, I feel like there's so many of these guys this year, right? For fantasy, that we just look at and say, my God, the per minute numbers are just insane. And you just gotta wonder what's going on with them. Somebody that has just fascinated me this year. Uh, is James Wiseman, dude. Um, he's, he's, I mean, he's still plus 2000 on Bovada for rookie of the year. Um, but I just don't see that happening with LaMelo ball and Tyrese Halliburton balling out. And 
Wiseman is not even in the conversation in my mind because he doesn't get the minutes. Uh, Here's a guy who's 19 years old, 21 and 10 with 1.8 blocks per 36 minutes. Um, So to me, it's just insane that he has fallen into the Golden State kind of center trap where they don't really seem to want to commit to a true center. They want to use this really strange committee that, you know, if we were playing fantasy football, this would be the RBBC from hell, right? So I don't understand what's going on with Wiseman. Um, I need a wise man to tell me what's going on with him because I, I can't figure it out. Yeah, so you made a good point there with, uh, I mean, I love the nicknames, <clears throat> sort of. But you talk about RBBC there, uh, talking about fantasy football. You know, James Wiseman, and then back to your point with DeAnthony Melton, they're guys in rotations that they just, you know, churn them out, right? 10, 11-man rotation, same with Chicago, the crowded backcourt there in Memphis. I'd rather have that James Robinson type, right? The guy who's going to get fed 90, 95% of the work. And, and I mean, for that reason, that's the, that's the reason why I wanted Buddy Heald on my team over Kevin Porter Jr. That's the reason why I like Julius Randle at the beginning of the season, because Tom Thibodeau is going to give him all the minutes in the world, right? James Robinson might not be better than DeAndre Swift, but guess what? James Robinson got all the work last year and finished ahead of DeAndre Swift because DeAndre Swift didn't get the work. Now that could change this year, but, and this isn't a football podcast, but it's just a good comparison to make. Cause I know a lot of our listeners probably are fantasy football players as well. Great call, man. I love the analogy. Yeah. That wasn't, I just reading that James Robinson's going to uh, face competition this year. So yeah, that, that was very timely that you said that. So ho- hopefully he's not, a, hopefully it's not yeah, an lots, RBBC lots. Uh, situation next year. Yeah. The man had a, the man had a, a, a record setting uh, rookie season. They're going to, they're going to draft Najee Harris. Yeah. Doubtful. Feel that. Uh, so let's move to uh, who we're targeting, being that it's uh, March, t- it's coming up on March 26th trade deadline in most leagues. That is the default trade deadline. Real quick, guys, let's just go around table. Who are you trying to target? Who are you selling? Uh, let's get into it. I'll start with Alex. Yeah. Uh, one guy I just want to mention real quick that I would be sending trade offers out for is Paul George, only averaging 17.6 points on 38% shooting over his last six games. Uh, with all the the Twitter bullying that he gets and, you know, this, his name being dragged through the mud, I would try and go buy him low. Obviously he's going to rebound. We've talked to great lengths about Ennis Cantor. I think it's a little bit past time to sell because there's been news that Joseph Nurkic is, could be back this week actually. So it might be past that time. We've been shouting on this pod for the last couple of weeks. Uh, Think about selling him before, Nurkic comes back. And then I want to mention this. Uh, I, I mentioned that I checked Anthony Edwards uh, odds to win MVP uh, on Bovada, but listen, career high 34 points was awesome. Has been playing great. Malik Beasley's coming back uh, next week. So in nine days, he comes back from his suspension. And if you look at his usage rate, uh, Edwards has a 26% usage rate with Beasley in the lineup and a 31% usage rate without Beasley in the lineup. So his numbers are going to go down a little bit with Beasley and he's going to lose a little bit of shots. So that's somebody I'd be looking to sell high after a 34 point performance last night. Yeah, it's a great call. And uh, similarly, you know, I'm going to go to the flip side of that. While Enos Kanter totally agree. I think he's, is absolutely a sell, but that window probably is sale or that, that ship is probably have sailed. Um, I'm going to go with Mike Conley as a sell. I don't like the fact that the jazz are in such a great position in the standings. I think this is a prime opportunity to get your, your, your veteran, all-star first year, uh, some rest. And I just don't like his injury history. I think he's played extremely well, you know, definitely exceeded expectations this year. You've gotten what you've, 
what you could out of the out of Mike Conley. So try to get rid of him. The my buys though, I'm actually buying all Raptors. So give me Fred Van Vliet, give me Pascal Siakam, give me OG Ananubi. Why? Primarily because this is the lowest value you're going to get them. They're sitting in IR spots. They can't be played. And honestly, Siakam has been off and on throughout the year, but he definitely has turned it up over the last month prior to going down with COVID. I think you can get these guys pretty on relatively good value uh, for not that much of an expense. And they're going to be cooking as soon as they come back. They're still within the, the playoff race. So expect the Raptors to be coming out very strong once they get this full unit back in action. Adam, what are your thoughts? So I like Drew Holiday uh, as a buy low, and I and I like it for the same reasons that you like the Raptors as a buy low. People sort of forget about guys that have been out for a little bit of time, especially with the Raptors guys. They've been out be- since before the All Star break, so they've missed almost like three weeks of you know the calendar schedule. Drew Holiday is kind of the same way. Uh, he's got great percentages, defensive stats to boot, and He's now off his minutes restriction. Uh, I like him actually better than Chris Middleton there behind uh, behind Giannis. So Drew Holiday is a guy that I think a lot of people have forgotten about that I'd be looking to buy low on as we head into the rest of the season. Yeah, love that call, man. Um, I would love to pick up Drew myself. Um, if there's a guy that I'm looking to acquire right now before the deadline, uh, it's going to be Emmanuel quickly. Uh, we know the Knicks, uh, you know, backcourt rotation has just been kind of a mess this year. Derrick Rose was getting things done, but he's out with uh, COVID protocols. Uh, Alfred Payton has stunk this year, and he's out right now uh, with an injury. So Emmanuel quickly, by the time this podcast, uh, you know, is actually comes out, we may have seen quickly get his first start on Monday night. That door is still open. Uh, so he's a guy that I'm definitely looking to get um, and somebody that I'm looking to sell Two guys, Justin Holiday and TJ McConnell. Um, I, I wasn't prepared for a funeral today, so I didn't write up a eulogy for these guys fantasy seasons. But um, unfortunately, you know, that's kind of where we're at right now with Karis Levert coming back. Uh, you'll love to see his minutes and his, his production. Uh, McConnell and Holiday have been darlings and uh, they're gone now. Yeah, just I totally feel that, man. The the Pacers have certainly gotten their worth and value out of TJ McConnell and Justin Holiday, both been really good for fantasy managers over the course of the season as Karis LeVert's been out. Uh, we have time for one quick Burnsy mailbag. Some question that came out of, I believe it came to, to Alex and Adam, boneless wings or bone-in wings? What is your take and why? I got roasted on Twitter for posting this, that, that there's no such thing as boneless wings, but I have to go with the official language of Buffalo wild wings and say that boneless wings are a thing, you know, there might not technically sure. They're not a wing, but if Buffalo wild wings calls them a boneless wing, that's what I'm going to go with and give me all day, the ability to eat a great food without my hands and get messy while we're all looking at our phones. These days, I got my phone in my hands at all times, and I can't be eating wings and getting messy. I, I need access to all the Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, Adrian Wojnarowski, Sham Sharania tweets at all times. I hate this take. I hate it. I hate it. I agree with it. Bone I in. agree with it. Bone I agree with Adam. In. <laughs> nope. I agree with Adam. Nope. I, I like both. I love both, but I agree with Adam. I'm, I'm with is, you. 
this is the worst take I've ever heard in my right. life, Paul And you, you've had right. some doozies on you know here, dude. This is the worst. All right, Father Christmas. <laughs> dude, Father Christmas, it, it, time lord, it doesn't matter, man. <laughs> and meat is better with the bone in. And if I can get messy, get my hands on something and really get into it and connect back with Mother Earth what I'm eating, let's do it, man. Bone in wings. I'm with you, Zach. Please. What's better? What's better, boneless wings or, or Moses Brown? Oh my God, dude, though that is tough, but I, I would rather eat a plate of bone-in wings and watch Moses B tear up the court. That has to be the title of our pod: is boneless wings or Moses Brown? That's it. I love it. No other options. Yeah. All right, guys, we'll check in with you next week when we go over Week Twelve and uh, look forward to the end of the season. Chat next time. Peace. <laughs>